Chad and Zay. Number three on a Tuesday, wrapping up February. Great beat to start the hour. Chad and Zay with you. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier, picking out that beat for you to start hour three. What do you got, Zay? It's 50. All right. Yeah, this is the first song off of the Get Rich or Die Trying album, What Up Gangsta. Okay. Where 50 lets it be known that he's cool with the Bloods and the Crips. Ah. By saying, what up, cuz? What up, blood? What up, cuz? What up, gang? Stop! Yo, 12-year-old me was like, yo, he's cool with both? This dude, 50, is incredible. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah, how did he do that? Look at that. Look at 50 Cent reaching across the aisle. Genius. Just trying to bring everybody together. That's a great record. Yeah. That's a great record. I... There was something familiar about it when you started. I wouldn't have been daft enough to guess that one correctly. But now that you say it, that's that's one of the things that really stood out about that album to me. The beats were incredible. His talent is obviously there. Um, I liked everything about that record. I see why it was a big deal. Yeah, it's ironic because he was cool with the Bloods and the Cribs, but had beef with almost everybody in hip-hop during the time. <laughs> like, almost everybody. Fat Joe, Ja Rule, Jay-Z. Like, 50 had beef with everyone. He still kind of has beef with Jay-Z. And maybe because he reached out to both sides of that gang discussion at the beginning, maybe that's why none of the other stuff you just mentioned got too serious. True. Because he maybe kept them out of it somehow? Yeah. yeah. Talk about not caring. The guy got shot nine times and then came back and just had beef with everyone. Man. Yeah, that's... Like... That'll and he's still your, around. That'll change your perspective. Still around. Making great money. With his power series and yeah. he's taking over stars, and I think he just signed a big Fox deal. Is that right? Yeah. Good like, for him. 50's a huge businessman. Super Bowl halftime last year? Yeah. Hanging upside down? Uh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, people weren't into that. That wasn't very good. Because he was a little little doughy Well, for I people. mean, he's from Queens. It was a West Coast performance. Was it not? Wasn't that the whole thing? Like, it was still weird Mary J. Blige performed. Yeah, I don't remember. That's a good point. I don't remember if that was supposed to be a specific. I mean, they had Eminem. He's from Detroit, so clearly it's not a West Coast thing. Yeah, it was like a hip-hop It was a hip-hop thing that I guess Dre was bringing all his guys there. Yeah. But, you know, it worked, I guess. It's not bad. Not a bad performance. I liked it. It's kind of like the Rihanna thing. I liked it, and a lot of other people didn't. Uh, 50 Cent to get us started this hour. We've got Why Today Matters coming up a little bit later at 2.30 on this February 28th. A couple of birthdays to hit, including one of the most famous scenes in movie history, especially movies that were filmed here in the great state of Texas. We'll get to that, but right now uh, we're going to get to this Dion story. Yeah, we've been talking Texas and LSU in baseball. They play tonight at 6.30, of course. Texas women's basketball did not get the uh, the sweep of Baylor. Baylor beats them, so they split the season series, and Texas gets ready for K-State. Saturday at 4 is the last game for the women in the regular season. Of course, the men will take on TCU in Fort Worth tomorrow, 8 o'clock tip, and then it's Kansas at home. One more time at the Moody Center for the men's team this season, and that will be Saturday afternoon 
at three with Kansas. So we've been mentioning that. Uh, B. John Robinson going to do all the workouts at the Combine. We also would assume Roshan Johnson does. I haven't heard anything to the contrary there. So both of those guys will be showing off on Sunday. Everything's NFL Network. The Saturday and Sunday is at noon. Thursday, Friday is at 2. Thursday will be D-line and linebacker. So you'll get Overshone. Correct me. Make sure I get this right, Zay. Overshone. Um, uh, Come on, the Texas guys. Yeah, Moro Ojimo, Ojimo, and Keandre Colbert. There you go, and snacks. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he looks like in the combine. Me too. What kind of? St- I love the defensive lineman at the combine because sometimes it is a lineman that is the freakiest thing you see. Everybody thinks it's DBs, usually receivers, running backs, running the forty. I get all that. It may not be the fastest forty. But the freakiest 40 usually comes from a D or offensive lineman, and it'll drop all their jaws, like the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world and the announcers. They'll freak out and start talking about, like, wait, 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 wait. This guy is what? He's six foot what? He's 300 and what? And he just ran sub five? Are you crazy? Yeah, because all that weight ain't supposed to move that fast. That's the stuff I really love at the Combine. So I'm interested to see what Coburn could do. Like, what what shape does he show up in, and what is he able to do? What is he able to show him? Um, at, you know, I, I'm, I'm rooting for him at the next level. We know, we knew when he was coming into Texas that he had a chance to play on the next level. And it took him some years. Same with Moro Ojimo. It took both of those guys some years to get going. I thought this past year, this defensive line as a whole, they were terrific. Now, like I always say, do I wish they got the quarterback down on the ground a little bit more? Yes. Yep. Like Bryce Young. No doubt. Maybe get that safety and not have the refs mm. have to go through with that. That's just kind of an example there. But Moro and Coburn snacks – they did a hell of a job this year, so I am interested. Uh, I agree with you, Chad. What they do at the combine to help their stock because I think they could play, you know, around eight to ten years in the league. And then, of course, the other guy there on that day, that Thursday, uh, two o'clock, NFL Network is Demarvion Overshone. What will he be able to show? Uh, how freaky will that combine be for him? And then, when an NFL scout, prospect, and head coach looks at him, what do they see? What is he to them in the NFL? My gut would be they want to turn him into a freaky safety. They want to turn him into a roving safety kind of guy. I don't think they're going to see a linebacker. You don't think he could be like an Isaiah Simmons that came out of Clemson now with the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, think about how freaky he was when oh, he came I know, out. I know. All the hype he had yeah. going I, in Indianapolis. Hey, in this NFL, though, they may tell me, like, no, 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 Chad, I know what you're saying. When you say linebacker, don't worry. We got a different idea here. Yeah, He can be our kind of linebacker in the system we're, we're running. I'm fascinated to see what uh, what the NFL could turn him into because Overshone is a beast. Yeah. And I think, there's a, I think there's a lot of potential there, but I think I just wonder if he's caught between positions too much. Is he, is he going to get turned one way or the other, and can he really be a badass defensive whatever they want him to be? Yeah, and, you know, thankfully a lot of part of the NFL is becoming positionless defensively. Mm-hmm. So guys like a Demarion Overshone – can have a career in the NFL where there was a point of time, like you're yeah. talking about, there were huge question marks on the type of player that he is. So, yeah, it depends on the coach, the system, the team that he goes to, which depends on that for everybody. But really for Demo, I, man, like who's y'all's boy for the Cowboys this past year that played safety? The name's not coming to me right now. Um, 
Uh, um, Neil? No. Or yeah, the hard hitting safety. Wilson, Donovan Wilson. Yes. Yeah. Could he be something like that? Does he have enough speed? Hmm. And does he have enough awareness? Because it's tough going from safety to linebacker to maybe back to safety. Right. You know, that's a lot of learning that he's going to have to do. Do I think he can do it? Yeah. Yeah. Do I think he has all the athleticism to be an NFL player? Yeah. But just does he have the IQ to be? And, you know, just going back and forth from those positions. We'll see, but I think Demo can make it. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch that uh, that development. So that's all Thursday for those guys on defense, and then the running backs go on Sunday. Everything's on NFL Network. We'll be talking combine through, throughout the week. Pardon me. Uh, let's talk a little more football here. And I had not heard these comments from Deion Sanders, but wow, some eye-opening thoughts from Deion and how he looks at recruiting. So, Zay, let's uh, let's play these thoughts. This is uh, he's interviewing with Rich Eisen and NFL Network. Is that right? Correct. Okay, Deion Sanders and how he looks at a couple different positions when it comes to recruiting. Here we go. Quarterbacks are different. Yeah, we want. Mother, father, you know, dual parent. Mm-hmm. We want that kid to be three, five, and up because he's got to be smart. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad decisions off the field uh, at all mm-hmm. because he has to be a leader of men. Like, like old lineman, I look for dual parent homes. Right. A strong father that they adhere uh, to. Right. Um, smart kid, three, at least three, three, and above. Lineman, defense lineman is totally opposite. What do you mean? Single mama. <laughs> wow. Trying to get it. Uh, he's on free lunch. I mean, like, uh, I mean, I'm talking about just trying to make it. He's trying to rescue mama. Did you notice none of that laughter was Rich Eisen? Rich I Eisen. I don't know Rich Eisen's laugh. I don't think Rich Eisen was laughing through that. Really? Uh, I think he was trying to, like, I think he was a little, a little taken aback by those comments. So, um, Zay, we'll start with you. What did you think immediately when you heard when you heard that from Dion? I hear exactly what he's saying. I understand what he's saying. He does have a point. I don't think he should have said it because now you could flip it. It goes back to the these black quarterbacks are too dumb to learn the playbook kind of racism look, which he didn't say anything about color. He did not. I admit that. He did yeah, not. he did not. But that's what it reminded me of. Like that when he talks about when he looks for in a quarterback, you know, two-parent household, make sure they're, everything's together, make sure everybody's buttoned up, 3.5 GPA and stuff. Most of the time in history, from looking at just straight being a stereotype, mm-hmm. that's been the white quarterback. And when he talks about these defensive linemen, single parent, just trying to make it, free lunch and stuff. I get what he's saying, but it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing to address. But I I don't think he should be in trouble for it. I, I think it, a lot of it is true, but I also if you wanted to flip it in a negative light, like I just did, you can. Could you? Could you interpret what he said on some level as I need my quarterbacks and offensive linemen to have to be kind of more together and controlled, and I don't care if certain guys on defense are crazy? Yeah. Is that kind of where he was headed with some of that? Basically. Um, the other qu- quick question I would ask is that I just thought of in the last couple hours since we heard this the first time, 
What if Saban or Dabo said that? Do they get to? Uh, Two of the best coaches in college football. And if they said exactly what he said and they did not mention race, would people get on Nick Saban and Dabo and say, whoa, whoa, easy, hold on, stop? Because you're saying when Dion said it, you thought of race. Mm-hmm. So would people let Nick or Dabo get away with that? Because I'm not sure what that reaction would be. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, for Nick's sake, he's won championships with black quarterbacks. Like Jalen Hurts has been a quarterback for him, so he's won with that. But it wouldn't be good. Yeah, somebody texted. So Dion saying he wouldn't have recruited Vince Young. What I'm saying, like you ain't you ain't recruiting LeBron James, that's single parent, right? Well, and the other thing I would bring up, like it's it's a weird thing to go with that the two parent, and then with the offensive lineman to say two parent and three three GPA with a fa- a strong father figure that you adhere to, and I thought, okay, that makes you a better left tackle. I don't know. That what makes he you a better by, guard. I don't know what he meant by offensive line. I know they have to be smart, and they usually are oh, the smartest. Yeah, players on the team. You're five guys working as one unit. Mm-hmm. We we get all. I get all that stuff. But here's the other thing I thought of when I think of the greatest of the greats that I've seen at quarterback throughout my life, and I think of names like Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you think of a Steve Young. I think of. Um, you know, McNair in his prime, I think of whoever it is. Now you got me with Hertz, Mahomes, whatever. A lot of times there's a chip on their shoulder created by something. So couldn't I make an argument that, like, well, I want a quarterback who's got a crazy situation because he's trying to get out of his situation? It, that was it was a weird place to go specifically with quarterbacks. Now, isn't it also true that the guy that's coming with him from Jackson State to be his court, isn't that his son? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know this. Is Dion in a two parent situation with his son? I don't know if he's still with his son's mother. I have no idea because that I don't know. If he is, but clearly, like he's to that point to where he's well off. Yeah, like you know that he's going to be educated due to. Dion and the coin that he has and, and, and putting them in like private schools and yeah. this and that. And I think we get, and I think certainly you can get the point of it, it, certain, you know, certain guys on your football team, you certainly want them to be, you want them to be smart. You want them to have a certain awareness of what the situation is. So him talking about GPAs there, it's just something I have not heard many coaches get that specific with. So if you're a fan out there, just what do you think of it? You could be the parent of a current player. You could be a current player. Do you hear that as honesty, refreshing from Dion, or do you hear it as a little too much of his truth came out in that comment? I think he was honest because, I mean, and again, he didn't mention race. So I do need my quarterback to be smart. And on the defensive side, I do need some guys to be a little out there. Yeah, a little off the rocker. To want to go destroy like they have to yeah. destroy. You got, But can't you be – I mean, this would be fascinating to hear from guys like, oh, I don't know, Acho Brothers that, mm-hmm. went, that came from a two-parent situation and were about as intelligent as any football players we've ever heard from or been around over the years, but they were both able to be destructive when they needed to be. Like Richard Sherman's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. Right. Stanford guy. Yeah. Super educated. I think J.J. Watt's Super parents, polished. Did J.J. Watt's parents get along? I think they live Pretty together. Pretty sure, yeah. Right? So, yeah, that's a little – it is stereotypical in a way. 
um, maybe not even in a way. It's a stereotypical way to look at it that that would lead. I mean, to me, the grades could be important. Grades can be different no matter what. You can have the worst home situation that has ever been and end up in school and be a badass. That part I get for Dion to say, hey, man, the guy I'm snapping the ball to every time, he's got to be smart. Football smart. I got to have him understand the situation. I get it. But what's going on in his house at that moment might not determine that. For sure. And you mentioned Dabble. Like, Dabble had Deshaun Watson, so he's won black quarterbacks too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I. Like Jalen Hurts, would Nick Saban have recruited him if he wasn't a coach's son? Yeah, it's you a, never know. You you just don't know those things. Like Patrick Mahomes, his dad played in the league. Somebody for te- baseball. Somebody texted Dabo would get canceled in a hurry. Nick can almost say whatever he wants. Jalen Hurts came from a two parent home though. Yeah, yeah. two parent home. He did with the coach. It's easy. He did. I think the more. The, I think the more interesting discussion as football continues to evolve, it's the discussion you had earlier with LeVar Ball. I think the discussions about when that, that you know, athletes and that guy, men and women that have played a sport get together with another man or woman that might have played a sport, and they're both very successful in every way. And they get together and they have children. The St. Brown family we mentioned earlier and some of the Watt family. And now you've got this structure behind it. And then it ends up producing multiple, you know, either good or sometimes badass athletes. That's always been really interesting to me and how that can continue to feed on itself. I don't know if I would just look for that, though, where it's like, you know, Dion, he's got a 75% completion percentage. The kid is amazing. Single parent home? Yep. Nope. We don't want him. Sorry. Yeah. I just. That's a little weird. It, it, it is an ignorant thing to say. Do I think some of the things that he said were true? Absolutely. But yeah, only Dion could say that and nothing happened. And it's also interesting in that if I want to build, uh, if I'm building my offensive line, don't I want, on some level, don't I need a left tackle, let's say, that does have some nasty about him. Yeah. If he comes from a weird, crazy situation where... Did you see the like, way Trent Williams did oh boy in the <laughs> NFC Championship game? <laughs> Best tackle in the league. Oh, my God. Getting kicked out of the game. Somebody brought Dirty the, as hell. The Bosa brothers. There you go. Uh, somebody said, I doubt Prime is talking about those criteria are there, but they're always... Exceptions. Yeah, the yeah. Bosa brothers, they ain't, they ain't all there. They ain't all there. That's a prime example. Talk about low GPA or whatever. I don't know what it takes to get into Ohio State, but something happened because old Nick Bosa, uh, I, we tackled the ball. <laughs> and, you know, Coach that, Coach Ryan did a good, good job. <laughs> we, we got ball, went to ball, I intercepted. Got sack. Oh. That's that's how Nick Bosa be talking. So, uh-huh. you're hey, sa- it don't it, race definitely don't matter. That's what I'm saying. Race definitely don't matter. The football intelligence part of it might matter. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I got you. If you got it, you don't. I got you. And there are we would have to admit there are positions on a football team at the college level where. If you're trying to figure out where to put the person that is in a certain situation academically, uh, personality-wise, communication-wise, all of that, you might 
have somebody, and obviously where how the you know the the physical part of it lays out, you might have them leaning towards one position over another. I think that's some of the stuff Dion's talking about. Maybe it got a little too specific. We shall see. I so, love I love the comment about Dabo and Nick though. Dabo would get canceled. Nick can say whatever he wants. So you mentioned the Acho brothers. Shout out to our guy E Reigns at Coke FM. He just texted me. Yep. Emmanuel Acho, he commented on this on TikTok. Oh, did he? So I'm going to try to go find that okay. during the break and see what he says. We know he's not going to cuss. He's too professional, so I don't got to edit that out. Yeah, I always, I guess I, my mind ultimately goes to badass defensive players that I could think of, uh, you know, really good players at the defensive level. Like another one that comes to mind is Myron Roll. Remember Myron at Florida State? He was a Rhodes Scholar. Went to That's o- right. Went to Oxford, yeah. and I think now he is a surgeon of some sort. Yeah, I think he's been on B and E talking about that. <laughs> Dude, it's like whole world, another level. And he was on the destructive side of the ball. It can be done. It can certainly be done. Do you have to? You know, I'm sure talk yourself to that point yeah but that's kind of what football is about no matter where you are in, in a football game you have to get yourself keyed up to go out there and in a lot of chance a lot of situations you're risking yourself risking right. your body to do stuff just like there may be some that Dion would say is in one category we could also talk about the guys that are in this you know in another category where they are badass students and they come from two parent homes and all that yeah not every brother that throws the pigskin is Jamarcus Russell and lies about watching game film (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to worry about that with every brother that plays quarterback you think when Bryce Young says he watches game film he's telling the truth I think he's telling the truth Yeah. yeah he probably is he probably is. Now, guys like Jamarcus Russell and Kyler Murray, they don't help the situation one bit. <laughs> and if you look at Kyler, you could blame the Oklahoma slash Texas A&M education that he got for the oh, way he be acting. how dare you. How dare you. How dare you. Too easy, baby. How dare you. You know, you know what the problem was there? Uh, it was the two-parent household got him. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, helicopter dad. That's what got him. Helicopter pop. Oh, he definitely had the helicopter going on. There's no doubt about. It. I can't speak for his mother. I don't. I do not yes. know exactly what she's probably a classy lady. I don't know what she's like day to day. We've gotten a pretty good idea what Kevin Murray's been about over the years. All right, there's uh, some interesting Dion comments. We'll see if those uh, continue to be discussed as Combine Week rolls on, or do those just fade away? But Dion's got a specific way of looking at it at Colorado. Up next, why today matters on this February 28th. We'll hit you with. A couple of big birthdays. Also, a very big time breakfast food gets its own day today. Do you love them or hate them? We'll find out on the horn. Dead real. Yo. Chad and Zay. Why kiss as hard as it gets? Why is the industry designed to keep the artists in debt? And why them dudes ain't riding if they party your set? And why they never get it popping but they party to death? Yeah. And why they gonna give you rolling through a Tuesday? Oh, we're gonna get you Emmanuel Acho's response to Dion coming up here in just a second. Chad and Zay on this Tuesday. What do you got, Zay? Should I know this? No, I'm not recognizing this. We voice. might get into this guy right. slash group because we talk about him a lot. Okay, he's a part of the locks. The locks. I played Styles P last week. Uh-huh. I get high. Yeah, and I told you that there's a member of the locks that became super famous after his verse versus versus Dipset. Uh huh. This is Jada Kiss. Jada Kiss and Anthony Hamilton. Why? Okay. 
really good song. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Relatively young guy right now? Nah. He or been around old. a while? He's been around a while. He ain't like Snoop Dogg old, but he's been around for probably 25 years. At what age does someone become an old rapper for you? What's that age? Uh, When you've been in the game for 30 years. Oh, okay, yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. So Snoop, it. Dre, Nas. Cube. Cube. They're old. Old. That's old Ice-T, old. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> old. Hove, old. Hove. Yeah. Run DMC. Yeah. Right. All right, gotcha. Um, so Jada Kiss, Soft Cell, Irene Cara, Expose, and Cloven Hoof have all been a part of the show today. Parents, if you're worried about what your children are listening to, do not go look up Cloven Hoof. It'll scare you to death from back in the day. I didn't even know about them. All right. Um, we've got the, we were talking about the Dion story a second ago. Why don't we just make this next part a part of why today matters? It's February the 28th. We'll give the sponsor some love and then we'll keep talking about this. Why thing. today matters. Brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get Sinus and Snoring Relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right, and shout out to our guy Eric Rains over at Coke FM. He is uh, a listener to the station, big sports fan, big Longhorn fan. Heard us talking about Dion and his comments about recruiting. And Dion, basically, if you missed it, kind of laid out an idea of for quarterbacks, he's looking for a two parent home situation, really good, a 3.5 or higher. For offensive linemen, he's looking for a two parent situation, 3.3 GPA or higher, uh, with good relationship with the father and all that. But on defense, he mentions, I think he said defensive line was different. Single parent house, trying to get trying to get your mother out of a bad situation, trying to buy your mother a house, that kind of stuff. So there's been a lot of discussions around it, and we were discussing examples we could think of of maybe defensive guys that wouldn't fit that mold. And I mentioned the Acho brothers, and apparently Emmanuel Acho had some thoughts. So, Zay, do we need to do any setup here, or you just want to let it roll? Let it roll. Emmanuel Acho. You go ahead. Deion Sanders is wild. Did y'all hear what he said? He said when he recruits a quarterback, he wants him to come from a two-point parent home. Good decision makers. But when he recruits a D lineman, he wants them single mamas, free lunch type. That sounds crazy (laughs) on face value. Let me tell you all a story. I was coming out of college, NFL Combine. You meet with 32 billionaires. I'm sitting with a certain team. I will not tell you the team. I'll just say they are a South region-based football team. The general manager, he says, Emmanuel, you you, you come from a two-parent home, right? I'm like, yes, sir, I, I do. Uh, Dad has his PhD in psychology. My mom is working on her doctorate in nurse practitioning. He says, what's the hardest thing you've ever been through? I said, well, you know, the hardest thing I've ever been through is probably trying to live a life above reproach, just trying to stay consistent with my character each and every day. He said, anybody ever been shot? I said, no, sir, don't know anybody ever been shot. Grandma's still alive, parents still alive. He looks at me, he says, you're not a great fit for our team. You'll be a great leader one day. Wish you much success, but you're not a great fit here. Essentially, he was saying my life had been too good uh, for them to want to draft me. They obviously did not draft me. He got fired a few years later. Ugh. So what Dion said, teams definitely think, college or pro. But it's the first time I've ever heard it said out loud. Mm. It's kind of what I said earlier, right? Yeah. The idea of I get, I could get how somebody might have that wiring in their brain 
for certain sides of a football team, I have never heard a coach say that out loud to the media. I've just, I'd never heard of it. Yeah. Specifically. It's such an ignorant way of thinking. Like, I've dealt with it, not for NFL standpoint, obviously, or kind of the sports standpoint, but just in life. Chad, I've been told, oh, Zay, you talk white. Like, what does that mean? Oh, because you're getting that confused with me being educated and mm. articulate? Actually, they mean when you talk to me, <laughs> I'm the whitest person they can think of. So when you talk to me, you're talking white. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe in that <laughs> sense. But they weren't, they were wanting me to, I guess, talk job and do this and that. <laughs> Bill by the bad pass. Like Curtis Blow. And we went down low. And we here we go. Like, I, like, how ignorant are we thinking? Like, I've had girls, sisters, Say, mm, you're not hard enough for me. Mm. What does that mean? Because I come from a suburb out in South Austin, and you want some whatever stereotype that you see on TV or whatever you think huh. a man should be in air quotes. Like, it's that's, what that's Acho really was saying there. Like, that's what he got. Like, oh, man, your dad's a PhD. Nah, you're too soft, brother. That is a fascinating the, – the idea that an NFL team would have that thought. So does that mean the NFL team goes back and they're comparing, like, defensive players? It's like, yeah, which guy are we thinking about drafting? I don't know. This guy knows six people in his life that have been shot. Right. This guy didn't know any. I really think – that. like, is that what you're doing? That's how you're weighing it all out in your head? Yeah, if that's it's, the case, Aaron Hernandez should have been taken number one overall. Is, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it a great thing that Emmanuel Acho has lived the life he's lived? Wouldn't that be a positive that you're bringing a guy onto your team who has a positive situation and this is what he's going, okay, not that you wouldn't bring that other guy, but that's the reason to bring him and make him a defensive player. Insta- uh, yeah, that's that's wild. That, like, that's is he wild. good or not? Right, watch the film. Is watch he a, the film. Is he a football player? Because it shouldn't be about are you going to draft. This time of year, I would think it's specifically not about. It's not about are we going to draft this black linebacker who has a two-parent family and seems really into. No, it's are we going to draft Emmanuel Acho versus are we going to draft this other guy? Right. That's it. And we watch the film and we go, and one team goes, man, I think Acho fits a little bit more what we want to do in our scheme. You know what? I agree with you. And the team down the hall goes, no, I think it's Johnson. I think it's Johnson over Acho because of this and that. Yeah, I think you're right. That's that's what this time of year is about. Yeah. Like if I have Ed Reed on one side and Troy Polamalu on the other, we know they have completely different personalities. Yes. But and they hair. both and hair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they both got it done. Sure, both in Canton. Yeah, easy. Yep. I, what I take either or. I couldn't even give. I couldn't even tell you for sure each of their stories, though. Yeah, I have no <laughs> I idea. No, but you know the way Ed Reed be carrying himself, going off on HBCUs and stuff, and we know how Troy Polamalu carries himself, just yeah. being. Troy Palomalo, we know how he be acting. So I'll throw both of them in coverage anytime I'll you need. I'll take them any day of the week. <laughs> Every day, man. Are like yeah. you telling me Troy Palomalo with his well-mannered self wasn't a dog on that field? Yeah. Didn't have that light switch that turned on instantly and said, okay, I know when to separate being who I am 
off the field and who I am on the field. And that's the I'm glad you brought that up because today I've heard um, a couple of different interviews as they're about to retire Kurt Dressendorfer's number at Texas. And that's what I keep hearing about Dressendorfer is he's the nicest human being you've ever met in your life. But then as Ty Harrington was saying to Bucky and Aaron and some of his teammates have talked about on the station, when he crossed that line, he became a beast. He became a whole different dude, and he became the guy who was going to rip your heart out and do everything it took to get that win in a baseball game. That's kind of what sports is about. We've heard those stories over and over and over again. So obviously, Emmanuel Acho could tell you that's what happens on a football field to to plenty of guys. Yeah, And I'm sure he and his brother would say they're in that group. Just like the Watt brothers would be in that group and some of the others we mentioned you know, earlier. Absolutely. That somehow Myron Roll was able to go out there and flip that switch on and then come back off the field and be a road scholar. You could be both. Yeah. Everybody works differently. I mean, the fact that you're turning guys down, not because of what they're doing on the field, but what they got going on at home, now, that is wild. Now, to be fair, if to be fair to how De- to, to what Dion said, I don't believe he specifically said he would turn anyone down. No. So I think Dion would respond with, do you really think I wouldn't recruit Vince Young? Are you out of your mind? If I found out Vince Young had eight parents and they were all robots, I wouldn't care. Yeah, Vince Young is Vince Young. That should at least be the answer from Dion. I think in the end he would say there are exceptions to stuff, but in general he was trying to lay it out about, in general, what am I looking for? And people might end up roasting him for it because it got, it got weirdly specific. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'll still say in this day and age, I do enjoy the people that just get to be honest because not many of us get to anymore. Not many people just get to be flat out honest. So we'll see what Dion gets off of this. What kind of static does he get? And, and Zay, here's another one. What happens if the media asks a big-time white college football coach the same question? Says what Dion said. Hey, did you hear what Dion had to say about recruiting? What do you think? What if Nick, Dabo, Jimbo, Sark, lay them out? Right. The most famous white coaches in this world. What if they get asked that question? How will they answer? That's a good question. And what will the reaction be? We'll keep our eyes peeled for that. It's also National Pancake Day. Get yourself a short stack or a tall stack. Pancakes, eh? Yes? Ooh, hell yeah. Like a pancake? Love pancake. You go basic syrup and butter, or you got something fancy? Uh, It depends on the mood. I love a good chocolate chip pancake, good blueberry pancake. Um, Back when I was a huge IHOP guy, they have those, like, four different syrups, like blueberry syrup, strawberry, all that. Love those. Love yeah. different syrups. I like their strawberry syrup. Yeah, it's really good. I don't know why. Oh, it's on point. It's That's just- why. It looks so weird, too, when the red goes on there. I haven't been to IHOP in a minute, but one thing that comes to my mind, I think pancakes. I think those different fruity syrups. So give me some good sausage. Mix it with the sausage on just OG buttermilk pancakes. Yeah, man. Pancake guy. Uh, Also, happy 47th birthday to the beautiful Allie Larder. If you're into Varsity Blues, which was filmed in this area, Allie Larder, whipped green bikini, that is her first movie role. That was her debut what was in varsity blues if the wikipedia page can be believed we all know that's gospel uh that was her first role and then she ended up with final destination and some other stuff later love ali larder chance mock you idiot Ooh, mercy chance mock what happened what, what? that's what uh vanderbeek's name in varsity blues <laughs> wasn't it that was it chance jo- johnny mox mox is it moxon moxon yeah yeah 
Not Chance Mock. Not Mock. Chance Mock. <laughs> Chance Mock is the guy who played in Texas. That's what you, right. What are you talking about? That's no, no. right. That no. dude. Johnny Moxon. Johnny Moxon. I knew I was close. I don't want your life. <laughs> One of the greatest sports movies ever made. It's one of my favorite football movies. Now, Dion would definitely take him. He was going the Brown. <laughs> you remember? That's yeah. And uh, one, two, two parents. Two parents. Two parents. Fire that freaking pig skin. Headed to Brown. Headed to Brown. Oh, that's funny. Uh, happy birthday to <laughs> Allie Larder today. Okay, uh, also, uh, for you Mavs fans like me or NBA fans, Luca is 24 years old today. Happy birthday to Luca. Let's watch the Mavericks now in that six-seed area as it is now Luca and Kyrie Irving, but uh, we're watching this Laker injury affect things. Whatever danger LeBron and the Lakers were going to be, couple weeks at least before he gets a recheck on that foot. So let's see how the Mavericks react and where will they be playoff-wise. And, of course, the battle between the Spurs and the Rockets for the bottom of the discussion, but the top of the draft discussion will continue. They have a back-to-back this weekend. Those two teams play each other uh, a couple times this weekend. Keep your eyes peeled for that one. Up next, we'll get you stems and seeds and set you up for Ball Don't Lie. They have a special guest to talk Texas and LSU in baseball, and then we'll reset you for the game this evening because you're going to hear those teams face off right here on the horn. Chad and Zay. Who gets credit for this production? Who produced this record? I don't know. I've never thought of it before. But I always love this song. The, yeah. the, the brilliance at the beginning of that, the beat, like the beat itself, which sounds very... Electronic, right? Rick Rubin. <laughs> I was about to say that just because it's Def Jam. Of course it is. And then to bring in, I would assume it's a real trumpet. I don't know for sure, but the sound of a trumpet with the little wah, wah, that little, I don't know what they call it, that little plunger thing that they use to make that sound. To combine those two, and then you bring in LL. It's brilliance, and now I totally understand it. There you go. I've never asked the question, but Rick Rubin is usually the answer. Yeah. Well done, Rick, as always. He had a lot to do with Def Jam back in those days, man. To quote Jay-Z from another experience, you crazy for this one, Rick. But as always, we love your crazy. All right, so LL Cool J rounds it out today. We had the Jada Kiss tune earlier this hour, Soft Cell. We had Irene Cara. We had Expose. We had Cloven Hoof to start the show, which is going to make me smile all day. The 50 Cent beat this hour was incredible as well. So that would be... What, Dr. Dre gets credit for that beat? Yeah, pretty sure. That's Dre on that first record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So good stuff there, as always, from Zay. A good discussion this hour about the Deion Sanders comments and Emmanuel Acho's response when it comes to recruiting and offense and defense and what you're looking for. And I just hadn't heard a coach lay it out the way Deion did. I'm sure coaches have done it, Zay, but just they've done it at like a dinner 
They've done it with a drink in their hand. Yeah. At a bar, but never in front of assembled media. And now it is... Off the record. Off the... There you go. Off the record. Here's what I'll tell you about yeah. that kid. Blah, 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 blah. But this one, a little different. And Emmanuel Acho, uh, I would thank him for sharing that story. What a wild contextual story about how NFL brass might look at a player and some of the questions that get asked. What a weird, that's a strange, strange story. So you're walking into Combine and you're asking random NFL players, maybe not random, but you're asking NFL players how many people they know that have been shot? Well, Like what? And we've heard... Like, former NFL players that are part of the, what, committee, union and stuff talk about. Players Association. Yeah, Player Association saying that they'd be okay getting rid of the combine. And you're like, what? Why? We love watching the 40. We love seeing what these guys could bench press. We love seeing their measurements. And then you hear stuff like this, and you're like, oh, this is what they mean by get rid of it. Because they have to go through 32 of those. They have to go through 32 examples of those. Not every question is stupid or insulting or racist or whatever, but man, is that the best usage of everybody's time? They've discussed it. We talked about that a few weeks ago, and there are those in the Players Association and in the NFL front office that have wondered, do they need the combine? Yeah. So it's kind of about how much money do they make off of it now. They bring fans in for this. I can't imagine being a fan going to the Combine necessarily, especially when I can watch it on television. Right. But uh, that maybe they make enough that, uh, you know, that's a, a whole other consideration Yo, there. Emmanuel Achel nicer than me because if that was me, I'm out in that team. Yeah. I ain't playing no more. What do I got to lose? You would have told him, yeah. Hell yeah. I know. You'd have and told- I would have said the owner slash GM who did it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that was crazy. All right, let's get you some stems and seeds before we get out of here, and uh, we'll set you up for Ball Don't Lie. Here we go. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Coming up on Ball Don't Lie, 430, Ben McDonald, uh, college baseball analyst, LSU great from back in the day, talking Texas and LSU. Make sure you catch that at 430, and of course the game is tonight at 630. So Zay, I'm seeing, we'll talk about this a little more tomorrow as well, NCAA panel going to get together trying to shorten college football games. How about this idea? The clock does not stop for first downs until we're inside two minutes they're th- that's one of the things they're thinking about would you be okay with it make it more like the uh, in- make it like the NFL is all the way up to that two minute mark maybe I gotta see it first maybe there's a lot of changes trying all these sports college baseball MLB Trying to yeah. shorten the game and stuff. And the NBA's talking about trying to shorten overtime yeah. by making it a certain amount. By the way, baseball is loving the results right now. Really? They're loving it. They're averaging like they're getting around two and a half hours. They had a game go like clean 207 or what? something the other day. They're loving it so far with the pitch clocks and some of the rules they've put in. They're thinking of eliminating the option for teams to call consecutive team timeouts. I'm all for that. You shouldn't be able to do that. And carrying over any fouls to the next period instead of finishing with an untimed down. Just ways they're looking at it. I think that clock, the clock idea is is an easy one because it'll still allow you to have the pomp and circumstance at the half in college football, but you can speed the rest of it up. Eight minutes to go, first quarter, we get a first down, roll that clock, baby. Roll it. Fans won't even notice. Okay. Nerds will. Nerds like me yeah. might notice the first couple times, but let it go. Just like we, we, when they go out of bounds, 
and that clock keeps rolling. Yeah. That rule changed a few years ago. That's helping to quicken it up as well. This could be another way to do it. That's true. We'll talk about that a little more tomorrow. We'll also be talking Texas and LSU and what happens tonight. 6.30 on the first pitch, 6.15 on that pregame. Keep it right here. We'll continue to get ready for the Combine and all kinds of stuff uh, with the show tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, that's it on a Tuesday. I think we're good. Again, Ben McDonald coming up at 4.30, talking to Harge and Rod. Oh, and Zay, tonight, 7 o'clock. That's what I was about to forget. Stony Point, Buta Johnson, 7 o'clock on KBVO. Make sure you work that into your schedule, too. We'll be talking about that in the Flex segment tomorrow at 1.30. Everybody have a good Tuesday. Be careful out there. See ya!